0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 85 of Wrestle Life Radio. I'm Matt. I'm here with Micah. And, you know, you guys gave me kind of a hard time for not being here the other day. You know, I understand if I'm missing for Dungeons & Dragons, which I do once a month, and you're like, ah, eh, what a nerd. That was an actual work event. I was, I was doing something important, guys. I was doing something important. And just to give you a heads up on what I did at the work event, I got to see Jerry Rice speak. That's right. NFL great wide receiver Jerry Rice. I had a nice time.
1: Well, well, that's good for you. Me and Kyle were stuck inside recording a podcast, doing our job.
0: <laughs> so I'm
1: I was glad doing, you had a good time at your NFL event.
0: I was I was doing my job that I get paid for, so I I feel like it's important. Well, that's right, folks.
1: That's patreoncom slash Radio. Set it up, subscribe, and then Matthew will actually be here. But again, tonight, no Kyle. He's dipping out of stuff. Everybody has that one coworker. When somebody gets a day off, they've got to have a day off. <laughs> I feel like that's Kyle in this situation.
0: Yep, that makes sense. I mean, in in
1: fairness, he's kind of
0: carried the show lately. He probably needs a day off, so. That's true. Yeah, he did it by himself not long ago, so. Um, Just a heads up about this episode, we are going to review Dynamite. That's right, just a day after it releases. Uh, And you guys will be hearing it two days after Dynamite. But we wanted to do that before the Revolution pay-per-view, so we could actually tell you guys about the show and then make our Revolution predictions. Uh, we didn't want to release the review show about Dynamite next week, and then, you know, you guys have already seen the pay-per-view. So, uh, Mike is idea, and he is very smart. Smart person. Smartest, that, smartest of the Sin siblings, some say. Some, some say that. But before we get into this, we're going to do a... This Day! In Wrestling History. Today is February 28th, 2020. And 20 years ago today, guys, 20 years ago today, on Raw is War from New York City, Mark Henry and Crash Holly fought to a no contest for the WWF Hardcore Championship. Why is this match so important? Because during that match, Mae Young was on the outside and collapsed in pain. Later on in that episode, Mae Young gave birth to Mark Henry's baby. Do we all know what it was? Good. It was a hand. May Young gave birth to a hand 20 years ago today. One of the most infamous, terrible segments in all of WWE history happened 20 years ago today.
1: How, how is wrestling still a thing?
0: Here's the thing. Nowadays, we're like, man, how do they do this terrible Rusev, Bobby Lashley, Lana, Liv Morgan storyline? Oh, it's terrible. Eric Rowan, he's got a cage. We've been wanting to know what's in it since November now. We no longer care. Oh, Brock Lesnar, he's beating our heroes in 19 seconds. You know what we're not having to deal with right now? An old woman giving birth to a hand. Let's even go back farther. What about a chicken popping out of an egg? Or a turkey, excuse me. We are going to... No, it is a chicken. It was a chicken. The Gobbledygooker. One day, we're going to do a round table about some of the worst segments in WWE history. And, and guys, you, are, I think everyone says, man, the Attitude Era was so great. It was, but gosh, there was some really, really stupid stuff. And every era had greats and terrible stuff. We just try to remember the best stuff and then laugh at the bad stuff. And that's one of the worst Segments ever. It's funny now, but can you imagine watching that live and going, "Really? What in the world is happening?" She just gave birth to a hand. Are you serious? I would have been flipping out in negative energy. You can talk about just my gosh. And there are still people that think it's real. <laughs> it's still real to me. I just, uh whatever. um Yeah. So there's your this day in wrestling history. I only have one today because that is very. I don't want to say important. That's all all we need. We don't need anymore.
1: Just end it there. That is
0: all that we need. So we're going to talk a little bit about AEW Dynamite. We'll go, since it's just the one show this time, we'll go back to the other format we used, and we'll talk a little bit about each single segment. Um, Because there wasn't a whole lot of segments, because they all lasted a long time. And guys, spoiler alert, for the third week in a row, Dynamite was really, really good. Very good. And Micah, tell us how we open the show.
1: We opened the show with a 30 minute Iron Man match, as Justin Roberts said. And uh man, I haven't I haven't watched a whole lot of Iron Man matches because most of my wrestling uh exposure was when I was a child, and children don't typically have thirty minute attention spans. That's correct. comes to two men wrestling in a ring. So, you know, if it wasn't The Undertaker, or Kane, or Rey Mysterio, I, you know, would play with my Legos or whatever. So this is my, one of my first real experience with an Iron Man match. And me and my wife were talking, we're like, man, I can't believe we're about to sit down and watch a 30 minute match. And by the time I got to the end of it I was like, that was it. We, we, I want 30 more minutes.
0: Exactly. Keep, keep it going. Was ex- it was insanely fast, and they did a great job of splitting the match up into different parts, too, which I think was why it lasted so long, because the first 12 minutes was just them absolutely murdering each other and going crazy, and then when pocket hit Kenny with a chair, it totally changed the match. A totally different match yeah. type. It was like three different matches in one. But yeah, you know, everybody talks about Kenny since he's came
1: to AEW. He's not the best bout machine. He doesn't do as good as he does in New Japan. I've watched some New Japan matches of Kenny. None of them were better than this. Say what you will about, you know, all these great matches he's had. You know, whatever. Maybe that's your thing. I think this is the best singles matches AEW has put on since they've came on TV.
0: When Keith Lee and Dominic Dajakovic tore the house down on TakeOver, and yes, I love Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor too, but no matter what any of you say, that was the second best match in the card. Keith Lee and Dominic Dajakovic, match of the year for me. And then, what, a week and a half later, Kenny Omega and Pac are like, no, no, Matt, no, no. This is the match of the year. And my gosh, like, I don't know when, how this is going to be topped. I mean, I really don't. I, I, of course, I'm a huge Omega fan, I'm a gigantic Pac fan, so I, I, I it's going to be hard, it's going to be hard. This match was so, so good in every aspect, and it, was, it wasn't just talented wrestling either, there was psychology in this match that even old school wrestling fans would really like, especially about halfway through with Pac going, okay, I'm going to get myself disqualified, and then I'm going to get an easy pinfall. So it'll still be a draw, but he will be so injured. I'll be able to control the match. And then he stayed on that with the chair bump, or I'm sorry, the table bump. And then the submission towards the end. Don't you agree?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. And, uh, you know, I have like talking about the last takeover. I loved, uh, the Keith Lee Dijakovic match. I had an issue with the Adam Cole, Tommaso Ciampa match. Um, I don't know if we spoke on that, but it, it, NXT especially, but wrestling in general nowadays, has an issue with, uh, I don't want to say realism, but like protecting moves. So you have your finishers and, and, match, and, and moves that 10 years ago would have killed somebody. Right. You know, and you've got three consecutive moves in a row and you've got somebody kicking out of them. That can get boring. It can get tiring. And I was... I was on the verge at one point of this match. Like, okay, that's ridiculous. Come on. He's not going to kick out of that. You know, wrestling are right. real, but man, this, it, it made me believe by the end of it, you know, it made me believe, man, Kenny Omega is just a freaking fighter on this thing. And not only that, but it had me guessing the entire match. I didn't know going in this match, who was going to win. I right. honestly, throughout the beginning of the match, I was like, all right, it looks like Kenny's going to win. Keep some steam. Like and then it switched. I was like, man, Okay, Pac's gonna kill him, and he's gonna be dead for the tag match, and that's gonna be the right. story going forward. And then he and he's in the brutalizer and he's counting down. I was like, man, are they gonna tie? That's kind of a terrible way to end this. Yeah, and everybody was was so upset because the time runs out, and man, it's a draw. All this thirty minute thirty minutes of fighting. Riley even told me it's like thirty minutes for nothing. Nothing happened. Right. Nobody won. And I was like, ah, I don't know. Something's gonna happen. Um, and then. Then, of course, Justin Roberts comes up, and he's like, oh, we're getting something from the back. We've, we've got it. Sudden death. I was like, all right, here we go. All right, Pac's going to Pack's gonna stick him back in the brutalizer, and he's going to win this thing. And uh, I think it was Pac like, went over to the apron because he was like all upset that he had he'd gotten a draw. Yeah. And uh, as soon as they announced uh, – Well, he also
0: he- attacked the referee, remember?
1: He did, yeah. He knocked out the referee. And uh, they announced a sudden death. Of course, there's no referee. But they rang the bell anyways, which is a little weird. But, you know, whatever, nitpicks. Yeah. And, uh, of course, Aubrey Edwards, everybody's favorite referee. Huge runs, pop. Giant pop. Giant like, everybody. Orange orange Cassidy-level pop. Yeah. Running in the ring. Like, I was expecting Hangman or somebody to be running out there when I heard the <laughs> pop. I really was. And uh, you had her running to the ring. And it, it just – Kenny just woke up, took control of the match. He used, I think, his finisher. Uh, I think it may have been Tanahashi's finisher. Yeah, yeah. And his other finisher. He used uh, the V trigger. What's what's Tanahashi's move? Uh ah, it's
0: a Japanese name. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah.
1: Whatever. Tanahashi's finisher. It looks like a rock bottom kind of. Yeah. Um and then he did the one winged angel. And that like at that point I was like, okay, well that's it. One winged yeah. angel. Um, one
0: day they're going to, they're going to fake me out with that, but I hope it's not for a long time. The one we an Angel has only been kicked out once ever, apparently, like maybe a long time ago in the Indies or something it was, but there was some big new Japan match and I can't remember what it was. And the new Japan fans are crucifying me right now for not knowing it, but there was one match that it got kicked out of. And it was like this huge deal because his finisher is protected a lot like Pox, whose yeah. finisher is also protected.
1: Yeah, but this this match told a great story. It had a couple different stories in it. You obviously had the Young Bucks at ringside throughout the entire yeah. match. Hangman was, Hangman was not Hang. there. Yeah. Hangman was not there. Um JR did a great job of tying in the interview which happened previous to this, um into the story of the match. So it kind of left you guessing why Hangman wasn't there. Um we'll touch on that a little bit later. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it had a great story with it. Um Young Bucks were supportive of Kenny the entire time. They actually kept him basically from losing. And some people were nitpicking like uh, he had a 10 count. It was like nine and a half. AEW is not great with their uh, rules, so i let them slide on this one, you know, if they're going to slide on everything else. And also, we had our first disqualification in AEW history in this match. That's correct. Which is is ridiculous. It's been, what, four months now? Uh, since they debuted? Wasn't it in October they debuted? Night of Dynamite? Uh, about, About then, yeah. Yeah, so like four months, and uh, it seems like every WWE show has a disqualification. So, um, yeah, I thought that was pretty pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, I think this is a A-plus match, uh, fantastic. Singles match of the year, definitely. Um, I think singles match on their television history. I don't know if it's better than Cody and Dustin, just because of all the importance of that match. Right. Technically, it probably was um, from a technical standpoint. But from an emotional standpoint, I think I like that one better. And I kind of, I rank matches differently depending on emotional and technical standpoints. So, but yeah, I, I think we may see a match topping it here coming up at Revolution, but we'll see.
0: Okay. So after that, you have, after Kenny Omega won and the Young Bucks helped him up the ramp, you had Pac walking up the ramp and Tony Schiavone's there to interview him. And Tony Schiavone is a friggin' man. Because who in the world wants to tick off Pac, especially after that hard, hard hard-fought loss? And Tony Schiavone says, well, Pac, after basically torturing Kenny Omega for the last few weeks and attacking his friends, how does it feel to not get the job done? And I'm like, nope, that's a poor decision, (laughs) Tony. You should not say that. No, no, no. And Pac looks at him like he would in real life. This is not some weird scripted crap. Pac looks at Tony and says, Are you serious, Tony Schiavone? Are you really asking me that question right now? And Tony's like, Oh, whoa, I'm not trying to, you know, incite a riot here. And I'm like, man, Pac is going to murder this guy. Until, freshly squeezed, Orange Cassidy comes around the corner and gets in his face. And so, Pac thinks, Well, I guess I'm not going to hit Tony. So he just clobbers Orange Cassidy and walks away. I'm like, okay, I hope we get this in Re- at Revolution. And spoiler alert, we're getting it. We and are. I'm excited.
1: I have said for months that Orange Cassidy and Pack need to have a feud. I think that Pack is a man who takes himself way too seriously. Orange Cassidy obviously does not. They're both fantastic wrestlers. Pac's probably one of the best technical wrestlers in AEW. Orange Cassidy will be one of the most surprisingly good wrestlers in AEW. And, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know if it'll be an all-out feud. Um, I don't think it'll be one and done. I think they'll definitely have some more run-ins. Maybe uh, some sort of triple, not triple threat, six-man tag uh, of some sort would be great. Pac getting two people with him and maybe the best friends. But, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that match. But uh, I thought it was a little weird that Orange Cassidy came out. Uh, personally, I thought it was kind of out of nowhere. I would have liked if they would have built something a little bit more, but hey, I'm not complaining. We get Orange Cassidy versus Packet Revolution. So
0: this was very NXT of how they're like, how are going to make a match? Let's have a guy come out and confront him. Like NXT does that a lot and I complain about it. So I kind of want to give AEW a little bit of crap here, but the end result is going to be a really, really fun match. And we're going to get Orange Cassidy in a ring. Pac has a match at the pay-per-view. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. So it's fine. Yeah. I don't want them to do this all the time. Like don't do this four times on a show. Uh, NXT as amazing as they are. I don't want to crap on NXT at all, but they do have a tendency where multiple times on one show, they'll just have a stare down and that's setting up a match. So I don't want them to do it too much, but I'm okay with it every once in a while. It's fine. A, A defense for them, which I think would be great if they had like a segment on BT
1: last week. Nyla Rose was talking to Tony and she was she was having some some crap to say. And then Chris Statler came out. You know, Chris Statlin, Orange Arge Cassidy on BT have been very close. You know, right. he's been teaching her how to be human a bit. Maybe, maybe Arge Cassidy was taught by Chris that's just what you do when people are uh, bad mouthing Tony. <laughs> maybe, maybe,
0: maybe he was trained by the world's greatest alien. I get it. Makes sense. So we we'll go backstage. DDP's diamond daughter, Lexi Nair is there, and she is at a door. That says "Painmakers Posse," and she says, "I'm here to get a word with Chris Jericho." She knocks on the door. Jake Hager opens the door and is like staring off into space. And she says, "Excuse me, can I get a word with Jericho?" And he just like stares at her. And she goes, "Sir, uh, uh, Jake, I'd I'd like a word with Mister Chris Jericho, please." And he just like turns around and closes the door. That was it. That's yeah. fine. There's literally nothing to
1: it. I. I don't understand why they're called the painmaker posse. Maybe I'm being pedantic. I don't get that. They literally have a group name. It's the inner circle. I know. It seems Me like too. poor it seems like poor branding. Um it, I don't I don't get it. Maybe they'll explain it. Maybe they're I know there's this whole thing they're trying to seem more UFC. Maybe that's some kind of riff off of UFC thing. I don't yeah, get Yeah, I
0: think that's what it is. And with them all coming in and the jackets, like toward the end of the show, they all came in with matching jackets, like coming in like a line with their hands on each other's shoulders. I think that had something to do with it.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a UFC thing. I think they call that a Gracie train or something. It's some early UFC thing. Okay. Pardon me if you're a UFC fan. I know nothing about this. I literally Googled it the day after I saw the the term. tournament. <laughs> um, that's definitely a UFC thing. The track suits are definitely a UFC thing. I don't get the yeah. paymaker posse, so if you know,
0: please let us know on Facebook or any of our social media because I'm confused. I don't get it. Okay. Uh, Taz joins us for commentary, which is great. And the reason he's doing that is because Tony Schiavone is at work tonight because he has lots and lots of interviews. Uh, I always like to hear Tony Schiavone is, because he is my childhood, but it's fine. I love Taz. Taz did a great job. We're moving right along, man. And AEW is not joking around. Those last two segments only lasted a couple minutes. We're moving right into another match. We're going to get a sixth man tag with the inner circle. Uh, that is Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. Versus Jurassic Express, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt. You want to tell us about it? Uh, of course, I love this match. Jurassic
1: Express is my favorite. Uh, Inner Circle very good in this match. Uh, there were some some great spots in this match. You had the triple kick to uh, believe it was Ortiz in the corner. No, it was yeah. Sammy. Was it Sammy? I don't. Know. I it's can't one of remember. them. It was yeah. one of the bad guys. They were in the corner. All of them kicked them. It was really cool. You had a big boot, you had a drop kick, and you had a super kick. And I thought it was a great tag move. Uh, you had a couple spots where Marco actually really shined through. Um, and he he does a lot lately. Um, he was definitely somebody I think a lot of people weren't sure about. He actually right. had a singles match last week on Dark. I know you don't watch Dark. He had a single match against Jimmy Havoc, and it was very good. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I was really surprised by it. I'm not a huge fan of Jimmy Havoc but uh, yeah it was a really good match and uh, yeah I'm, I'm glad to see him in aew now I didn't understand him at first I don't think a lot of people did I know Jericho said personally he didn't get him but uh, yeah he's he's definitely becoming a star and I was glad to see Jurassic Express come up with the wind at the end here now I know a lot of people complain about the inner circle kind of be, post, supposedly being the toughest group in aew and they seem to lose a lot of matches okay but They've got to build Jurassic Express, man. They've lost too many matches. They can't... If you're going to put them in a match, they need to win right now. Um, so if you don't want the Inner Circle to lose, don't book them against the Inner Circle. But I think it's fine because you have a giant in Luchasaurus. Um, yeah, I was hoping they wouldn't do some kind of BS ending. They tried there. Um, Sammy came up against Jungle Boy with a uh, the sock baseball thing. What, rocking a sock? Soap on a rope, I don't know, whatever. And uh, and he comes up against uh, Jungle Boy with it. And Darby Allen comes out to a huge pop uh, yep. with a skateboard. And he, he takes the whatever from uh, Sammy and uh, just just prevents that and allows Jungle Boy to get the win over Sammy. And uh, yeah, it was a great match. I really enjoy 3 men tag matches, especially when Jungle Express is in
0: them. So, I'm not going to go too deep into it, because everyone and their mother has. I hated that the Inner Circle lost this match, but I loved that Jurassic Express won. So, it it was one of those, you know, how do you fix it? I don't know. Maybe make Jurassic Express beat the Hybrid 2 and Kip Sabian or something. And the Inner Circle was losing too much, okay? So, this show, which was almost perfect for me... I don't. I don't like that they lost. It's happening way, way too much. Especially Sammy Guevara, who's got a big matchup with Darby Allen. You know, at the homecoming show in Jacksonville, he had that big win over Dustin. He's had another match or two after that, and he got on a little bit of a roll. Then he just kept losing. And the WWE has a really, a really big issue with taking, you know, guys that are incredibly talented and going, oh man. They can just keep losing because they're going to get over because of their, their wrestling ability. Like Ricochet or perhaps Cedric Alexander or Humberto Carrillo. who are all incredible. But let's be honest, guys. No one cares. No one cares because they keep losing. So if this happens to Sammy Guevara, I know I said I won't go too deep into it, so I'm going to stop now. But if Sammy Guevara keeps losing, no one's going to care. And i tell you, he ain't beating Darby on Saturday. Spoiler, I know we're fixing to do uh, our predictions. They have So, I don't know. I just don't want to see him keep losing. Also, Proud and Powerful should be one of the best tag teams in the whole company. They haven't really won a lot, so uh, I don't know.
1: Are you saying that WWE would bury Ricochet? I've, I've, never, I've seen zero examples in the last 15 minutes of them burying oh, yeah.
0: Ricochet. <laughs> well, before we get into our predictions, we're going to talk a little bit about Super Showdown. So, uh, yeah, we will, uh, we'll do that. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> so there's your, there's your, uh, uh that's the, what's it called a plug? I don't know if plug's the right word, but you know what I mean. It, it's the, the, the tease. The tease is what I'm looking for. Yeah. That was the tease. So best friends with Orange Cassidy against the Butcher and the Blade with the bunny. Butcher and the Blade also never win, but I don't care. They're a mid-card tag team. I'm okay with them not having a great record. Um, best friends won this match. It was really good, but there was one specific spot that I want you to talk about, and I don't even have to tell you what it is, because I know you know. Could it possibly be when the bunny and Orange
1: Cassidy are in the ring? That's the one! Orange Cassidy's there with his sunglasses, his aviators. And the bunny goes to take them off of him and puts them on herself. And that is a real heel move when it comes to Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy then proceeds to... Take his hands up. No, no, no. First, I'm sorry. First, she tried to n- kick him in the nuts. That's correct. he's ready because he's like lightning. He's like a cheetah. <laughs> Superhuman s- speed. He reverses it. And then he grabs the bunny ears. He does his thing. He puts his hands in the air. And then Orange Cassidy is now the orange bunny. And uh, yeah, it, it's spot of the night. You know, t- t- eat your heart out, Kenny and Pack. It was great. It was. And I'd not even... Not even uh, to take away from this moment, but after the match, another man wore the glasses, and I loved that spot as well.
0: That's true. Uh,
1: yeah, I really um, like this match, to talk about this match for a second. Best, okay, friends, best friends are also one of my favorite uh, tag teams. Uh, I'm glad they beat The Butcher and the Blade, because I don't like The Butcher and the Blade. Uh, they're a fine tag team. I just don't like them. And uh, that's my opinion, so whatever. Uh, yeah, and then uh, after the match, you had Tony Schiavone coming to interview and uh, I was glad to see Chuck Taylor finally get on the mic. He needs to be on the mic a lot more. Yeah. Uh, if you follow his Twitter, he's hilarious. Trent, also hilarious.
0: Yeah, they're terrific.
1: They're probably the funniest tag team or the funniest two individuals in AEW. They need to have the mic a lot more often. Uh, yeah, so they, they this is where the announcement comes up for Orange Cassidy. Uh, Chuck Taylor says, and you know what? This time? Orange Cassidy's gonna try, and he got chance. Everybody's freaking out about it. Not only that, but then <laughs> Orange Cassidy's just sitting there. He's got his thumbs up, you know, like he does. And uh, Trent Trent gets the mic. He's like, "Well, actually, we haven't we haven't talked to him about it. We kind of assume he he might not try. He might not try. We don't know with him." <laughs> it was great. I love this segment. This is this is a hilarious segment. It was very uh, really
0: good.
1: After the mat or after the segment, you had uh, uh, Tony Shivani. He came in. And uh, he actually got a hug spot there in the middle of the ring, which was great. He Had a what would it be a, a four-man huddle hug it was great. Yep. He got the he got the orange Cassidy glasses. He did the patented thumbs up, and yeah, I think he's now an official member of the best friends. We may have seen some four-man tag action. I'm down, man.
0: I love me some Tony Schiavone. Absolutely, it was great. So we move on to a another match after this, and it's Yuka Sakizaki versus Big Swole, versus Hikaru Shida, versus Shanna. And a lot of people have been given the the AEW Women's Division crap, and rightfully so, all right? But when it's good, it's really good. And I'll tell you, when we saw the Fatal 4-Way match live with Shida, uh, Nyla Rose, Riho, and Britt Baker on the homecoming edition on January 1st, that match was also really good. And you know what? just keep doing fatal four ways. If, if they're always good, that's fine. If this is how you make the division, I'm totally okay with it. You got four women that I want to know more about on my television. You got one over in H- Hikaru Shida, who is one of the biggest female stars so far in the company. Yuka Sakazaki, who is maybe my favorite AEW women's uh, wrestler in the company right now, because she's just so hilarious and incredibly talented. I loved this match. Do you agree? I agree. This is a very good match.
1: I don't like the logistics of this match and here's why. So last week, randomly on Facebook, they announced that Chris Statlander and Nyla Rose will be facing each other revolution. Okay. Why was this fatal four way? Not for that spot. Why did Chris Statlander just get that spot?
0: They did kind of hint that the winner of this would be in line for a women's title match. So I'm going to guess she does probably Nyla Rose's next opponent yeah i don't
1: but but why i mean i guess i get they didn't want to they didn't want she to lose maybe because they were trying to build her for nyla but i think it's better storytelling for the fatal four-way to lead towards the championship um
0: yeah i would have rather seen or maybe big swole versus uh versus uh chris statlander and the winner getting a shot at nyla rose
1: yeah and they both had that little interaction last week that would have been great right they had an, an extra week to build for that spot. Like I told Kyle last week on the show, if you had John Moxley versus Chris Jericho just randomly announced with no story leading up to it, how would that look? That'd be terrible. Right. And you can't say that the women's division is just as important as the men's if this is how you're treating it. So, right. and I, maybe they'll turn it around. I mean, they got, they got time. I mean, wrestling never ends, but I don't know. I don't like how they're handling it so far, but it was a very okay. good match. Yeah. And I also
0: really enjoying Yuka Sakazaki. She's so funny. And that one spot where uh Shanna and Swall and Sheeta are doing like this this three way test of strength, which is so stupid. It's really And then dumb. Yuka Sakazaki like fills left out, so she gets in the middle and like kicks Swall and she's attacking all three of them. It's, it was really funny. It was a yeah. nice little spot. This match was great. Sheeta won. It was just good. It's good. Eva Ono says that he and Stu Grayson Will take on Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky at a revolution and tell Christopher Daniels that now he will find out he is obsolete. So that's obviously a play with on Matt Hardy. Uh, yeah. As we said a couple weeks ago, it's too on the nose now. But it's one of those things where if it's not Matt Hardy, I'm not now that they've announced Lance Archer, it's definitely not him, obviously. If it's not Matt Hardy, I think people are going to be disappointed. If it's not Matt Hardy, it better be somebody good. Yeah. So, I mean, if they're going to go inside the company, it has to be Christopher Daniels, right? So, uh, unless it's off the wall, like Dustin or DDP or something. No, so, DDP
1: would be awful.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it would be terrible <laughs> think, to think do. But he's like, he's like a yoga guy, right? And like, so he he is here to, you know... Cleanse your chakra. I don't know. I don't know what the heck. I don't know if that has anything to do with yoga. Forgive me if I'm making crap up. <laughs> but yeah. So I don't know. It has to be Matt Hardy now, and it's one of those things where even though it's so obvious, it's what everyone wants, and people are going to pop huge anyway. Surprise or not? Yeah. And
1: I hope they know what Matt Hardy's doing at this point. I hope they're not still on the edge because Matt Hardy is teasing everything. He's teasing yeah. going to NWA. He's teasing NXT because uh, WWE's now offered him the NXT deal. Um, and he made a tweet the other day saying he doesn't know what he's going to do in lowercase E capital X capital T. Yeah. Okay. So I hope it's not a Marty situation. so all I hope if
0: it turns out to be a Marty situation, I'm going to be upset. Well, I tell you, he tweeted after the Fiend and Goldberg match. As soon as the Fiend lost, he tweeted a picture with him and the Fiend. So I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think AEW knows yet. I think Matt Hardy might be like, yeah, I'm coming. And then WWE is like, wait a second, wait a second. How about $8 million? Yeah, here's a ton of money and you could go to NXT. You can be your delete guy. And then when you retire, you can help run the show. You can be a producer. That's a pretty sweet deal. I mean, even though Matt Hardy isn't totally creatively fulfilled, let's be clear here. The guy doesn't hate the company. WWE made him rich. They gave him his life. So if right now he's upset creatively, doesn't matter. He doesn't hate the place. He doesn't hate Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon made Matt Hardy a multimillionaire. Yeah. So Have you seen he came his back health? at WrestleMania? I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, it's huge. So I'm telling you, man, I think there's a chance. I think he's going to AEW, but I think there's a chance that he joins NXT. I don't think there's any way he stays on the main roster because I don't think that he will be able to be creatively fulfilled like the way he wants. I don't to. think there's
1: a place for him on the main roster.
0: No. I think
1: creatively he would be perfect for NXT because, in my opinion, NXT doesn't have a lot of creativity. I
0: right. know a lot
1: of people love NXT, and it has fantastic wrestling, but the reason I don't watch NXT is because there's not enough story there for me. Okay. Um, it's it's like watching UFC that's not real to me. You know, it's, Okay. It, it's... it's just people fighting, you know. I, I like the shenanigans of wrestling. I like the comedy of wrestling. I like the story of wrestling. I like The Fiend. I like Kane. I like The Undertaker. You know, stuff like that. Uh, I like the Dark Order storyline. And don't get me wrong, I love uh, people like Shayna Baszler that just come in and, and whoop people. That's that's really good. You got people like John Moxley that do the same thing. Yeah. But uh, I think that NXT would really benefit from him. But yeah, I'd, if it's not him, it has to be somebody really good. Like, they would have to have some kind of deal with Ring of Honor and bring in Marty to not, for me not to be disappointed that it's, right. it's
0: not Matt Hardy. Or like Raven or something. I would be okay if it was Raven. Raven actually would be perfect, but there's no way. Like, he's obviously a red herring. Yeah. I don't know. We just did a whole podcast on this. If you want to know our thoughts of the uh, on who the the exalted one on the Dark Order is, it's only a few episodes back. Go listen to it. Something like, that was literally last week. So it's not like it's old. Um, we go on to a sit-down interview with good old JR, talking with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. Let me tell you, Hangman Page is an ornery person. But boy, I'm not sure he's you heel in this. Like, I, I can't remember. You, you might have been pointed. That you, it might have been you that pointed this out first. But the Young Bucks are like, or JR asked the Young Bucks, you know, I think you're the, probably the best tag team in the world. I'm surprised you haven't won the titles yet. And the young bucks like we are the best, but you know things have just happen. And Kenny's like, "Oh yeah, obviously you guys are the best tag team in the world, you know. Me and the cowboy here, we just we just fell into something lucky." And Adam Page is like, "What are you talking about? Like how in the world it like you can just tell in his eyes like did, while this happened, I looked oh, at my be beautiful- a good actor. Exactly. I looked at my beautiful wife and I said, "He I think I might have even tweeted this out. He is telling more of a story without saying a word than most guys can in promos." but like yeah. he did such a wonderful job and it just it blew my mind and I'm like Kenny man like how like I understand you want to say okay you guys you two are my best friends i think you're the best tag team in the world we're not really a tag team but you know what we're pretty darn good we're members of the elite no, he was like, Oh, obviously, like you guys are the best. Like, we'll, we'll be lucky to even, you know, lick your bootstraps. And I'm like, And what? he was, and he said, He was like, Yeah, the only reason we're here is basically just from circumstance. You know, exactly. the only reason we're here is
1: because we haven't faced you yet. Um, the only reason that we're here is because, you know, we just, we just lucked out. And, and Paige is like, Really? You, the, the only reason this is the biggest achievement of my life. And you're saying the only reason I have it is because we were lucky. He's right. like, cause I, We haven't been fighting for it every week. And, uh, I get where Paige is coming from, man. They yeah. are building. Like Riley texted me today. She was like, Man, the Bucks are being the biggest heels right now. Right. And without actually being heels. They even had the line. Nick was like, Nick got a little frustrated throughout the thing. And he, he was flat out told Hangman, He was like, We made you everything you are. We brought you into the elite. We brought you into the Bullet Club. You were a jobber when we met you in Ring of Honor. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, they're throwing shade against yeah. Hangman here. And I've said it since the cruise. I don't think they're turning Hangman heel. He's too over. I don't I don't know if they're turning anybody heel in this situation, but they're definitely 100%. breaking them apart. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Before it's over with, Hangman's going to be over here. Everybody else is going to be over here. Whether or not it's heel face, it doesn't matter. They're not going to like each other before this is over with unless something happens.
0: What's going to happen, I think, is I think the Young Bucks will win. And again, not to step on our predictions, but I think the Young Bucks are going to win, and I think – Kenny and Hangman will have a big rift, and we'll get Kenny and Hangman in a feud. I hope it's what happens. But yeah, th- this yeah. segment was just great. It was fantastic. All these sit
1: down interviews with Jr. are really good.
0: Yeah, they are. They- they've always been good though. Like the only like really bad one was when he interviewed Kane and Kane went crazy and like set him on fire. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah,
1: yeah. Hey, eight year old
0: Micah loved that <laughs> segment.
1: Eight-year-old Micah was like, all right, I'm going to get my Kane wrestler, and I'm going to get my JR wrestler, and I'm going to set him on
0: fire. <laughs> but I never did that. Kyle did, but I never did oh, that. That's true. That's true. Um, we go to a weigh-in with Chris Jericho and John Moxley. And this was just different. It wasn't your standard, let's sign a piece of paper. It was totally pointless, and it didn't matter, but it was interesting. Do you agree? I didn't. I didn't love it. I didn't hate
1: it. I didn't love it. It was just okay. It almost seemed like it wasted time. I know they had to have something with Jericho and Moxley. I'm glad they didn't have the stupid contract signing where there's a table in the middle that somebody's going to go through.
0: Yeah. Uh, Although someone know. did get DDT'd onto the way on onto the weight. Yeah. I don't know. It was just the scale. Sorry. I've
1: I haven't seen this segment before, but I've seen this segment before. You know. Right. Um. Recently, even you, know, uh, I would have. I would have more preferred it if it would have just went through and they would have weighed each other. And uh, I don't know, maybe something else would have happened other than a brawl in the ring. Also, who's the announcer dude? I know he's WCW. Explain to me and other
0: fans who don't know who he is. Yeah, I don't know either. I thought he was a good WCW guy, wasn't he? He was, but he he quit in 1995, so it's way before my time. So Carol said, who's this? And I'm like... I don't know. And she's like, what? <laughs> you know all this stuff. And so like, I Googled him and like, he was a announcer in WWF in the eighties and then in WCW until 1995. And I didn't start watching until the NWO debuted. So it was right around then. So I I probably have seen him at some point before, but I don't really know. But he, yeah, he's like some legendary announcer. He was around a long time. Yeah. Justin, so, better. Sorry guy. <laughs> but yeah, this, this whole segment was just fine. Long story short, Moxley weighed himself. Jericho like lollygagged and never really did it, so Moxley got tired. He headbutted Jericho in the forehead, split Jericho open, which I believe is a blade job, but Jericho did post a picture of of his cut, and it was from top to bottom, which isn't usually how blade jobs are done. So I'm not sure. He but, said he had uh, to have
1: seven stitches, and it looked like he really did.
0: Yeah. And then, so the inner circle are beating up Moxley. Uh Dustin Rhodes comes out and attacks Hager. Darby Allin comes out and attacks Guevara and uh Guevara actually got the upper hand on Darby Allin here. And yeah, your show went off the the air with Chris Jericho standing tall above John Moxley.
1: Yeah, it was uh it was an okay I, I kind of akin this segment to the so the Jericho Thanksgiving segment, which so far is my least favorite segment in AEW. I know a lot of people liked it. I didn't. I don't like stuff like that. Um, it was kind of similar to that. The best part of this entire segment is if you're watching on Fight TV, which I don't know if you were on this recording. Uh, yeah, I was. On Fight TV when the models were coming out, Jr. was like, holy crap, look at that. Yeah, um, he, but
0: he swore. He, and did, so he didn't say crap. He, he did not say that. crap. <laughs> like, it's obviously not on TNT, and like, I literally laughed out loud when I saw it. There's been a couple moments on
1: Fight TV during the commercials where he'll just like straight up swear and be like, that's not Jr." And yeah JR, it's really jr doesn't swear not like that at least uh, yeah it, it was it was it was great um jr is obviously a single man so uh to see him you know step into that role but a little bit of the king came out on him i think
0: best part of the entire segment and tnt didn't get to see it i will tell you that you're wrong about jericho's thanksgiving segment but that's from a long time ago so <laughs> we're not going to talk about that yeah, that's why i said a lot um, of people liked it i don't but i loved it um, yeah, you didn't like it at the time. I remember talking to you about it. Yeah, that was so, my least favorite episode of AEW. Tell me, if you're going to grade this show, what are you going to give it? So, recently,
1: AEW has gotten, I think, two A's and an A+. Okay. Um, I really loved that first match. I loved every match in this uh, show. But uh, overall, I didn't like it as much as the last couple shows, um, just because I didn't like the last segment that much. Um, it was fine; it wasn't bad. I wouldn't give it a negative, but it's it was just it was just there. It was kind of a, a waste of screen time, in my opinion. Uh, but it had to it had to happen. I get that. So, I think I might give it an A minus. But it's like I don't know, like a ninety two.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: it's, it's just real nippity. Nippity A A minus. Barely an A minus. Um, just because I didn't enjoy it as much as the shows I have given an a, uh, previously, okay. but it's still a very good show.
0: Yeah. I'm also good. I'm going to give this an a, there's nothing bad about it. The show was just good. There were some things that were a little bit filler, but I don't care. I liked it. And that first match like so bumps good. up. It, it bumps up. To, uh, I almost want to give it an a plus cause it was one of the best TV matches I've ever seen. So just absolutely incredible. Um, that's the match to beat, guys. Let's see if you can do yeah. it. Let's see if you can do it. Kenny so, will be the one to do it. <laughs> he probably will. So we're going to take a short break. And then as soon as we get back from the break, we're going to talk very briefly, because I don't want to give it too much airtime, about Super Showdown, because some things happened that we have to talk about. And then we're going to go into our revolution predictions. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. All right. Thanks for waiting, guys. I'm sure you didn't have to wait very long. Uh, I just wanted to, before we actually get into our revolution predictions, let's talk just very briefly about Super Showdown. And we're not going to give it a ton of time, as I mentioned, but I do want to point out three things that happened. One, The Miz and John Morrison won their tag team match. They defeated the New Day and are now your SmackDown tag team champions. Two, Brock Lesnar beat Ricochet. Micah, did you watch this match? Uh, Well, I skipped through this pay-per-view because...
1: I don't care. And uh, I was I was just trying to see who won each match. And uh, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm skipping through, and I was like, huh, where did where did Brock Les- Lesnar and Ricochet go?
0: So I'm backing up a little bit, and I'm like, oh, I missed the entire match because it was like 19 seconds. Yeah, it was a little longer than that. It was a minute 16. So they had their intros, and then Paul Heyman gave a promo, and all that was longer than the match. Also, it was longer than the Kofi match, but it doesn't matter because it was the same outcome. Brock Lesnar's opponent had... Zero offense. It was miserably bad. As soon as the bell rang, Ricochet tries to drop kick Lesnar. Lesnar kind of counters and punches him, and then he hits a couple uh, slams, some German suplexes, picks him up, f-5s him. Ricochet is a gnat. And as I said earlier in the show, you can't have someone that's so talented just you just have them lose because oh they'll get over because they're talented. No. I've been saying for weeks Ricochet feels like a guy, and Ricochet shouldn't just feel like a guy because he is one of the most talented wrestlers in all of professional wrestling. I think he might have said uh, a week or two ago or maybe even earlier tonight. I can't remember, but I know you mentioned what if he was in AEW. Oh, my gosh. What if he was in AEW? Ricochet versus Pac, could you imagine? Yes, please. Please, let's do oh, it. Come so on. Good. But yeah, this so, match was just, it was
1: so dumb. It was booked horribly. Like they, yeah. they, they okay, so the Ricochet-Brock Lesnar story is Ricochet uh, gave him a low blow and that allowed Drew McIntyre to eliminate him. So, okay, so he's getting manhandled. And then Brock Lesnar's standing above Ricochet. Ricochet is still conscious. Why didn't he just kick him in the nuts and try to get some offense? That would have been great. If he would have had a yeah. four-minute match, you know, cut a little bit from that terribly long gauntlet match. Cut a little bit from that, and, and just have him kick him in the nuts, get a little bit of offense, do a couple top rope maneuvers, and then have Brock counter one with his knees or catch him or whatever, and then have the match in. At least give him a little bit. What's the point? Everybody knows Brock Lesnar is the beast. He's a monster. You don't need him to squash some of your top stars. I don't get it. It's stupid. WWE is stupid. Their booking is stupid.
0: Their writing is stupid. F. Yeah. Yeah. This- this show was bad. This show was very bad. But I want to talk about The Fiend versus Goldberg because I said a couple weeks ago, and I can't remember if I said it on there or not, so forgive me, guys, if I didn't. You just have to take my word for it. I said, no matter what happens, WWE is booking themselves in a corner, and I'm going to hate the outcome because neither The Fiend nor Goldberg should lose. And I think that's my 14-year-old jaded self, 15-year-old, whenever Goldberg was big in the late 90s. Because I love Goldberg, and Goldberg is part of my childhood. Goldberg is known to be invincible. His run when Triple H defeated him was d- one of the dumbest decisions WWE has ever made, and I will stand to that to this day. But I understand that now he's 53 and he needs to lose. That's why he lost to The Undertaker, who is also old. He didn't put over a new guy. I get it. But it's The Undertaker. It's, you know, a supernatural character who also has that aura of being impossible to beat, Right. No issues with that, um, but I didn't want him to come back and lose another match immediately, right? But the fiend is someone that they've been building up since October, and uh, he just lost. He lost the match. He was lost Clean, yeah. So here's what here's what happened. So Seth Rollins takes a sledgehammer, hits him over the head with a toolbox, and can't stop him. Right, and a ladder, and a chair, and a mallet. But Goldberg did it with four spears and a ball-peen hammer, because it wasn't a jackhammer. It was one of jackhammer. the worst jackhammers I've ever seen. It, it was the second worst after the Undertaker one, and luckily he was able to turn on it, and it was, you know, a, a safe landing, but it, it looked very bad. It, it was not a jackhammer. <laughs> like, like I was telling Matthew, I, I was
1: discussing it with uh, some friends, and I was saying, hey, you know, he can't, he can't do a jackhammer on the Fiend, all right? He's too big. He, and Goldberg's too old. It's not going to happen. He's not going to be able to do a jackhammer. This match is not going to go well because Goldberg knows two moves, right? This match had three moves. It had the mandible claw, the only move the Fiend used. It had, what, three spears? Four spears? Four. And then that air quote jackhammer. It's just, oh, so bad. It was such a bad match. Like, not even from a booking standpoint. It was just a bad match. Brock Lesnar Correct. versus Ricochet was a better match than this. At least
0: Brock wow. didn't botch any of his moves. I guess you're right. So here's the whole match, guys. Spear, Mandible Claw, spear, 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 Mandible Claw, jackhammer. That was the match, and I'm not exaggerating. Like, I think Goldberg got a knee in to break a Mandible Claw or something, but like that was literally the whole match. So The Fiend, this spooky, ridiculous clown guy, who has been undefeatable, just gets pinned after this mediocre slam. And I I just... I don't get it. It makes no sense. And and like, I want to be angry. And normally I would be angry, like seething angry. But here's the thing. I love Goldberg. And I know, guys, I know. It was a miserable, terrible, awful booking decision to make the future of your company, the number one merch seller, this guy who has this aura who feels special in a time and in an era when the WWE can't build stars. They're failing to build stars. And you've got two right now that are looking up. And that is Bray Wyatt and Drew McIntyre. And Goldberg, a 53-year-old Goldberg, comes in and beats one clean in three and a half minutes. So... Yes, it's very upsetting, but I didn't want to see Goldberg lose, so either way, I was going to be upset. If The Fiend beat Goldberg, I also would have ranted, so I just want to be fair. The booking of the match was stupid, and it should have never happened, and now if Goldberg loses to Roman Reigns, I am going to lose my mind. Just a heads up, just a warning. Yeah, the most important thing to come out of this is like what Kyle
1: said. Not only does this bury The Fiend, it buries Seth Rollins, it buries Daniel Bryan, Correct. it buries The Miz, it, the, it, uh, it's, I don't care, I'm not upset, because I don't care, I don't care about the WWE, I know I'm on the show every week and we talk about WWE, I don't care, <laughs> it's bad, I don't like watching it, I watch it for you guys, I take we this, watch so you don't have to, I watch this cross, I bear this cross for you, it's bad, <laughs> it's not enjoyable, this is so dumb. Yeah, but I don't if AEW did this, I would be so upset. Right. But 100 percent they wouldn't because they're not dumb. Correct. They might. Correct. They might. They might prove me wrong. They might hire Vince <laughs> Russo one day. I don't know.
0: That'll never happen. Um. So, yeah, I don't want to give Super Showdown any more time. We've probably given it seven to ten minutes so far now, and I, I'm, I'm done with it. It's my but least favorite uh,
1: house show of the year.
0: <laughs> I didn't watch the whole show. so It's not fair for me to grade it. But F minus. G? F. Can you give something a G, like a lower letter grade? Yeah, is a Z possible? I just, it was, it was, the of the what I saw, it was really bad. Uh, I skimmed a lot of the matches, and uh, I watched those two, and I didn't even watch Garza and Carrillo, because I heard that it was not nearly as good as the match that was on Raw. I was about to say you so, just saw that match like three days ago. I know it just makes no sense. By the way, the Viking Raiders lost clean to in a dark ma- in a in a pre-show match. I mean, what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. AEW Revolution. Second second time it's happened recently, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. AEW Revolution, guys. Let's talk about what's going to happen and how fun this show is going to be. And my gosh, is it going to be fun. So we're going to predict it. Uh, Mike and I will be keeping scores. Hopefully Kyle will give us his before uh, Revolution actually happens. Let's go right through it. SoCal Uncensored versus the Dark Order. Um, This is what has been not officially announced to be the pre-show match. I'm not convinced that it will be, but looking at the rest of the card, I think it kind of has to be, even though, you know, the the dark orders a really huge deal right now. They're one of the most, uh, uh, they have, their storyline has gotten more time than a lot of storylines in, in the whole company. But looking at the rest of the card, this probably has to be the pre-show match. Meltzer announced it. Uh, you also predicted it, Mike, and I think you're right. Soko Uncensored vs. The Dark Order, who wins this match? It's got to be The Dark Order, right? So, we talked about it a little bit earlier,
1: but, you know, they're supposedly announcing the Exalted One. I'm assuming the episode after uh, Revolution. I don't think they're going to announce them on Revolution because they're going to have about 900,000 people that normally watch not watching. If we base it off of their last pay-per-view, I think they sold 100000 which is really good for a $50 pay-per-view. Yeah. But uh, you're going to have a lot of fans not watching because it's expensive. It's prohibitive for people that just buy cable TV. I get it. Obviously, they would, they would clip it or whatever, but they're not going to announce the Exalted one on the pay-per-view. I don't believe. Especially not the buy-in. If they do, it'll be later in the pay-per-view. So I'm thinking Dark Order are going to win. Uh, I don't know if it will be a clean win, but I think they're going to win. And uh, I would expect the Exalted One to come in the following Dynamite.
0: And I don't see any way SCU wins this. It doesn't make sense for the story. So one thing that I really don't like is when champion, a champion, or champions in this case, lose their titles. It's okay for them to lose just like regular jobbers, but they never lose when they're actual champions. But there's no way SCU's winning here. The Dark Order takes the win. Um, I think there'll probably be some sort of tease with the Exalted One. Uh, maybe even like Christopher Daniels inadvertently, uh, inadvertently, I, I can't say it, I give up. You know what I mean? Uh, costing SCU the match. Perhaps something happens on the Tron, and the Exalted One comes on the Tron, distracts SCU. I think something will happen. And we may even get an announcement that the Exalted One is appearing on Dynamite on Wednesday because that would be a draw it's been a storyline that people are invested in and people will tune in because of that. So I like surprises in wrestling shows, but it makes more financial sense to announce things beforehand. So I, I, I wouldn't, I'm not really against them announcing that. And I think they will, but either way, long story short, dark order taking the win. I agree. It only makes sense. AEW women's world championship, Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander. Uh, I'll go first. There's no way Rose loses. I thought that Statlander might be the girl to take the title off of Rose, but Rose just won. Like, just won. And champions generally don't lose to their first opponent. This doesn't happen. Uh, Chris Statlander should put up a very good fight, but now the Rose will get a clean win here. I'm not saying that there should never be a title swap very quickly.
1: Um, Okay. I think you should do that at some point in the company. Just... uh, out of I don't want to say do it for the uh, surprise but you know if you've got a face versus heel run alright the heel's better than the face in this situation but you've got another face coming up that's really popular like I would say if this exact scenario were two years into AEW's existence I would be perfectly fine with Chris Statlin or taking the belt off of Nyla right now okay but being this early in the company, you've got to build the belts. You've got to build the prestige. You can't have your belts turning over that quick. So I'm, I'm going to go with Nyla. Again, I think it only makes sense. I would like for Statlander to be the women's champion. She definitely will one day. Um, I'm going to go even a step further. I think the next champion is probably going to be Hikaru Shida. Yeah. And uh, there may be someone else in between uh, her and Statlander. But yeah, I think Hikaru Shida is going to be the one chasing after Statlander, at least even if she doesn't win it. So, okay, yeah, Nyla, Nyla's gonna win this match. Okay, uh, Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Go. Uh, so, you know, Orange Cassidy's my man. He's he's the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. He's taking the title off the rock. It's the OC now. But, uh. but is he gonna try? I don't know. It depends. You know, Chuck said he's gonna try. Trent says no. We'll see. Uh, I really think Pack's got. He's got to win this. Pack's got to win this. Uh, Orange Cassidy's going to surprise everybody. He's going to put in some really good moves, but pac has got to win this. Because, I mean, what would it look like if Pack loses? I mean, it would. He would go if it. If he lost, he would have to like go mental and become a deathmatch wrestler, like yeah. start full on like coming out with like a baseball bat or a taser or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be Pac. A-
0: AEW does a thing where they often have someone win a match that we never ever see coming and we're like, well, I don't know if that really makes sense, but we trust AEW, right? Like, this could be that match. It could. Um, but I don't think it is. And I think after that, that loss that Pac had to Kenny Omega, that passionate loss, if wrestling was real, this would be like, speaking in college football terms, you know, LSU going into Tuscaloosa and maybe, you know, that's a real passionate game. LSU gives it everything, and then they lose, and then they have, like, Ole Miss come at home, and like, oh, Ole Miss would never <laughs> lose LSU, right? Or would never beat LSU. But then they do because LSU was spent because of the passion that they had. Um, but no, if wrestling was real, then maybe Pack would have that where he had all this into Kenny, and he's got his guard down in his next match. But wrestling scripted, and uh, I think Orange Cassidy is going to give a lot better of a showing that a lot of people think he will. But I think up there with the Elite and Chris Jericho and John Moxley, the only other guy that AEW views really as a bona fide superstar right now, because Darby Allin's getting there, is Pac. And I think he is that star. He is obviously that talented. He can't lose Orange Cassidy right now. I love Orange Cassidy, and I don't want to see him lose his first match, but he's going to. The only way I could see Pac losing this match is by disqualification.
1: Maybe he loses his mind and starts beating him with a chair. I don't know. That's the only way I could see him losing. I don't think okay. AEW will do that. That's a very WWE thing to do. But that's the only chance
0: I see of, of, of Pac losing. But he's he's not going to. He's going to win. I really wouldn't have a problem with that, though, because they don't have a track history of that kind of crap. Like that, as just mentioned, we mentioned earlier in the show, that disqualification was the first one ever in yeah. AEW history. So I wouldn't have a problem if he's like, screw it. And like he's destroying him. He's got the match won. Then he just decides, you know what? I just want to kill this kid. And he grabs a chair and just beats the crap out of him. And blames that, Kenny
1: And blames Kenny for it. Because if you want to build some heel heat for somebody,
0: have him kill Orange Cassidy. Yeah. It's a good way to do it. Uh, Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. This is the one match on the card that I feel 100% Percent certain about. Like all of them that we mentioned, I'm pretty confident, but I'm 100% certain Jake Hager wins here. Oh, yeah. Bet your mortgage, guys. Jake Hager's taking the win. It's his first match. He's been built as this obnoxiously powerful enforcer. Dustin Rhodes is, you know, he's older. He is doing what's right for the business and he's putting younger guys over. Jake Hager gets what I think will be a competitive match, but. A pretty easy win here. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think Hager's got to win here. Uh, Dustin is going to do the right thing. He's going to put the young guy over. Uh, and, and I, I've said it before. I don't like in WWE how the bullies always win. But I think in this situation, the bullies got to
0: win. Yeah. And I think that it's the right call. Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. So another inner circle guy. Who's winning this one? Man. So... On one hand, I don't
1: want either one of these guys to lose because I don't. I think it's detrimental for either one to lose. Like you said earlier, Sammy's lost too much. Um, he's got a really negative record if you look at his record. Um, yeah. I think maybe some of the only matches he's won. I think he won that uh, singles match against Dustin, and he's won some tag matches with uh, Jericho. He's actually also lost a tag match with Jericho. Right. Uh, man, I think it would be more detrimental to Sammy to lose this and better for Sammy to win this.
0: I I don't see him doing it. I think you're going to give it to Darby. Okay. I think that Darby Allen is their next big star. He is their first homegrown star because he was a nobody. I mean, nothing against Darby Allen, but he was just this indie guy and they brought him in and Cody made this guy a star. 100%. It was Cody's draw that he had with Darby Allen that made Darby a star. And of course, Darby had a lot to do with it. The booking had a lot to do with it. But yes, Cody had a huge part putting him over. And I hate to agree again, but gosh, Darby Allen is, is going to take it. Now, I'll play devil's advocate since we've been agreeing so much. Now I'm going to talk about Sammy Guevara, even though Darby is my actual pick. Sammy Guevara has got had a lot of losses recently. But he's very, very talented this could be one of those situations where maybe Jake Hager or Proud and Powerful uh, come to the ring with Sammy. True. Yeah, they could use some dist- tactics. Yeah, distract Darby and that makes Darby still look strong even though Sammy gets the win. So that wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. It really yeah, wouldn't. And this I'm okay
1: either way. There's no bad booking in this match in my opinion. Okay. The, the only bad booking I would see is, is Sammy beating Darby clean. But yeah. they're not going to do that. But I, as far as winners, I would be okay either way as long as Sammy wins with heel tactics and it pushes the feud a little longer. Yeah. Because um, I don't know what else they have for Darby to do right now. I'm, I'm sure they have something, but uh, that would be that would be okay. I still feel in my gut they're going to give it to Darby, though.
0: Yeah, I do too. And I don't, I don't have a problem. You know, AEW doesn't often extend feuds, right? They usually have the pay-per-view match and then it's over. Uh, of course Omega and Parker is one of the few exceptions. But man, WWE this feud all day, man. Make it longer. I don't care. Make it a disqualification finish. This match is going to be awesome. I want to see more than one. That's true. Yeah, this uh
1: this this would be much better than Reigns versus Corbin 8 times in a row,
0: 9 times in a no. row, 10 <laughs> times. I don't know. 12 <laughs> times in a row. How many times have we too, got too many times in a row. Uh Cody versus MJF. Go. This
1: is this is a match I my gut says Cody's got to win this, right? All the crap that MJF's put him through. But man, they're trying to build MJF so much and Cody being an EVP does he want to book himself to win this match? I don't I say book himself. Tony Khan does all the booking officially but by the end of it, but you know does he want well, Tony
0: has the final call, but the elite guys they they make a lot of the decisions. Yeah, they they do. Um Man.
1: I don't know. Like on one hand, I want to say MJF's gonna win with some heel tactics. Uh, maybe some some interference by uh you, you know what I'd like to happen on this match? Okay. I would like I would like for Arn to get thrown out. I would like okay. for him to just try to start some stuff with MJF because he's obviously been kind of hands-on in his experience. I would love for him to get thrown out, and I would love for uh for H- Hager. No, not Hager. What's Wardlow? I'd love for Ward- Wardlow. The other big guy in AEW. <laughs> I would love for Wardlow to also get thrown out. And I would love for it to be Cody and MJF. No BS. I don't want anybody interfering in this match. I just want Cody to beat the Son of MJF, really. That's, yeah. that's what I want. And I want Cody to win. And then I want MJF to not go away, but I want him to take some time. I want him to take some time and uh train and i want him to come back and i want him to come back and beat cody i want him to have okay. a match and i want him to beat him because i don't think right now is mjf's time to be champion but he's top heel performer uh he's he needs he needs to be top guy soon he's so good and now right now is not his time i think they've got some other things in the works but if he could extend this feud... like I said, I'm talking about extending feuds again. If they could extend yeah. this feud with Cody a little bit, that would
0: be perfect. I'm okay with extending feuds as long as it makes sense. I am. So you're picking Cody as the winner? I, I am. I'm picking Cody. I think Cody is going to take MGF to the woodshed. He is going to beat him to heckin' and back. He's going to destroy this poor kid. Everyone is going to love it. And then MGF is going to do something devious and he's going to get the win. So we're going to disagree. And I of think MJF is going to get the win here. He is the future. And you know, we, have we said for a long time, wow, this guy is one of the best on the mic ever, but does he have it in the ring? And his match with jungle boy was awesome. It was, it was so good. And that wasn't just jungle boy guys. MJF yeah. did a wonderful job. And I so think, I think, think MJF has been holding back. I really do. Yeah. I think he's been
1: holding Why? back for this match. I, I don't think okay. he wants to always. I don't think he wants to put everything out there. Uh, I think he wants to surprise people because I've seen some of his stuff on the Indies, and he's pretty insane on the Indies. And I have not liked most of his AEW matches. Um, okay, he's he's more high flyer than you would think. Uh, I saw one match it was him versus Janela. He literally jumped off the rafters of like a theater and did a moonsault, kind of the like Cody on the steel cage. It was ridiculous, and I haven't seen him do anything like that in. in In uh, AEW. So I think he could pull out some stops in this match that would really surprise people, and I think that would be very good. Uh,
0: But yeah, continue your thought. Okay. No, my thought's pretty much over. I just, I think MJF's going to cheat to win, basically. So we finally disagree on something. Cody, MJF, different winners. Uh, AEW World Tag Team Championship, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus the Young Bucks. This is also really, really difficult to call. Gun to my head, if I have to choose, I'm going to say the Young Bucks. Um, And I know I mentioned it earlier. I think they're going to take the win. I think this will create a rift in Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega. But bluntly, I didn't think they were going to hold the titles. I didn't think they were going to win the titles. I thought that they would have broken up well before then. I can 100% see this feud continuing on and then Page and Omega uh, retaining and then losing to maybe the Lucha Brothers, uh, or Proud and Powerful, I think are both really good options, instead of the Young Bucks. Because as much as we want to see the Young Bucks, the longer we wait, the sweeter it will be. And also, they're huge stars without the titles. So, sure. I, I, and plus, they just won it, right? So we, we mentioned that you don't usually see quick turnaround times for titles, but I think I think it's going to happen this time, and I think the Young Bucks are taking the win. I have no idea
1: really this is the
0: okay. this is the
1: only one that I had I have no idea I, so I'm gonna vote on what I want to happen I want hangman and Kenny to retain the reason being I want I want more matches with Kenny and, and hangman and if they lose I don't think we're gonna see any more matches with them together they're so good together I love them I want to see them have a longer reign I, I want to see I want to see the bucks lose and I want to see that split the elite And I want Kenny to finally take Hangman's side. I want him to finally be a good friend to Hangman. Uh, I don't know if I'll see that. That's what I want to happen. I want good things for Hangman. I like him. And, uh, yeah, he's been the face in this feud the entire time, I've said. Uh, Yeah, I I don't – I would be fine with them losing to the Bucks. I just don't want to do it right now. Uh, And I would also love for Hangman to have that to hold against the Young Bucks because all this crap they've talked about, them being the best tag team in the world – if you want to build Hangman as a star, to have him be able to ha- say, "Hey, y'all, y'all are the best tag team. Well, I beat you." So, how do you feel about that? You know, I would love for him to hang that over their head uh, throughout okay. a feud. And so, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with what I want to happen. I think the most obvious choice and the most obvious booking is for them to lose because of Kenny, and have that fragment them because of Kenny. Uh, maybe putting too much in the Iron Man match. Uh, Kenny's is going to be dead. Uh, if this were realistic, he would be dead going into this match. He got the crap beat out of him. Uh, so, yeah, I I really, I want Hangman and Kenny to win, so I'm going to go with that. Okay. And
0: finally, AEW World Champion, Chris LeChampion, Jericho, versus John Moxley. Go ahead. Again. Oh, did you, oh, I'm sorry. Did you go first last time? I don't know. No, because you just went through the whole thing with Hangman and Kenny, right? Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, I think, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, go a, ahead.
1: A, again, I, I don't really know on this match either. So the obvious thing would be to give it to Moxley. All right, uh, another thing that's playing in my mind here, Jericho is touring with Fozzie this spring. So that doesn't leave much longer for the title to change. You know, It may interfere with some dynamite appearances with him being champion that may come into effect. On the other hand, Jericho is almost 50 years old. This may be the last time that he's world champion. And he's had four defenses.
0: Yeah. Four defenses. He's had a couple, but let's see. He had the big feud with Cody. He defended against Scorpio Sky. He defended against Darby Allin. He Uh, defeated Kenny Omega and Hangman Page in that little tournament for the titles. Um, Did he have another feud? He had the
1: the the, the Jungle Boy 10-minute match.
0: That's right, yeah, and he beat
1: Hangman for it, obviously. But yeah. it's a good title reign either way. But I don't know. I, uh, there's there's a couple things that are working against me picking Moxley. The one thing is I don't know if AEW wants to take it from WWE guy to WWE guy. Yeah, I can see that. that was in, an,
0: that's another thought for me too.
1: I this is my fantasy booking here. If you're gonna have uh, Kenny and and Hangman lose, I want Hangman to come and get take the title off of Jericho. I want him to be so upset that he lost because I want to be because of Kenny. I want to be so upset that he lost. I want him to start vying for the title. I want him to go through Pack. I want him to go through Moxley. I want him to, because he's been ridiculously OP lately, I want him to run through the singles division. I want him to take it off of Jericho. I think he's there now. I think he's over enough for that now. I don't think that's what's going to happen. That's my fantasy booking. Realistically, I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. Realistically, I think Moxie's going to win. I think it's it's he has got to right. What 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 do you do if you're Moxley and you lose to Jericho? The only thing I can think is if he doesn't lose clean. Yeah, Jericho could win with some heel tactics. But again, Jericho's older. He can't work as much, especially with his band traveling. Uh, so I think they're going to want to get it into Moxley, who can definitely put on some better matches than Jericho. Although Jericho is in much better shape now than he was against Hangman when he initially took the title. Uh, he's right. lost like 20 pounds. You can see it the way in He's much more ripped now. He's never been fat. People say he's fat. He's never been fat. The dude's, dude's had abs the entire time. He's right. Just, he's just wide. He's I mean, not yeah, he's like almost Jericho. 50 years old. That's, yeah, that's he's, how he's, your body goes. He's not built like Jericho of, what, 20 years ago. So yeah. get over it. You don't look that good, so quit whining about it. <laughs> So, yeah, if I woke up and I looked like Jericho, I'd be like, all right, this is great.
0: I'd uh-huh. work for this.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. I, I got to say Moxley. I think it's the more obvious choice.
0: I am okay with that answer. But of the three main event matches, we're going to disagree. And I'm taking picking Chris Jericho. And I think that Moxley is who most people are going to pick, I will tell you, because I'm looking at the betting lines right now, and we will talk about those shortly, Moxley is the favorite, a slight favorite, over Chris Jericho. But look, this is probably Chris Jericho's last world title reign. If it's not, it's definitely his last lengthy one. I think that as a company, if you go from your two biggest stars, which are both former WWE guys, and it's not like you have Cody or Pac, that's fine because they're not WWE superstars, right? I mean, just major, major players like Chris Jericho and Dean Ambrose. I don't think you can go from Jericho to Mox. I just don't. And I think that your next star has to be a homegrown talent. It could be Adam Page. It could be Kenny Omega. It could be Cody somehow working his way back in there. It could be Darby Allin, right? It could be Pac. Pac would be an amazing champion. I would be okay with heel versus heel in AEW because I, I trust them to make There's it another work. Another WWE guy, though. Yeah, well, yeah, but Pac was never really... Like, he was on the pre-show for WrestleMania. He was the Cruiserweight champion. I'm okay with it because Neville... Dean Ambrose and John Moxley, two different characters, right? But when you see John Moxley, you think of Chris Jericho. When you think of Pac... You don't think of happy-go-lucky, weird-goatee Neville. Like, it's, it's two yeah, It's not It's not the same person. Guys. It's like yeah. before and after steroids. Exactly. So, and, and Pac reinvented himself on the Indies. Ambrose literally jumped from WWE to AEW. So, I, I do think it's a little different. Because Cody is a, a WWE guy, too. He was there for a long time. But he was never a world champion. Both Moxley and Jericho were WWE world champions. And I just... I just don't know. I, I don't – and plus Chris Jericho is the hottest act they got. I mean Moxley might be the hottest act in all of wrestling, but Jericho is a meme machine. With Jericho as champion, Twitter and Instagram and all of the social media things are going to be hot every time the dude's on TV. And yeah. so I just – I think it is best for the company and best for business to have Jericho hold it for another six months. I do. I if, also if, agree. And I want Jericho to win. I just don't think he will. If Moxley wins, I don't think it's a bad decision. I just don't think it's the best decision. But I think they're at a point where no matter what happens, it will be a good outcome for the company. The opposite of Super Showdown, when Goldberg and Bray Wyatt, no matter what happens, is a bad outcome for the company. I think that no matter what happens, Moxley or Jericho, uh, a good outcome for the company. I think Jericho's going to win it, though. Let's talk betting lines. So there's only betting lines for five matches. Jericho and Moxley. Jericho is at negative 140. I'm sorry. Jericho is at 100. That's even money. And Moxley is at negative 140. Now, for those of you that don't know how gambling works, that means for Jericho, if you bet $5, all right, let's just do, to make it super easy, let's do $1. If you put $1 in for Chris Jericho, that means if Chris Jericho wins, you win $1. So you get your dollar back and you win another dollar, even money. If Moxley wins... To win one dollar, since he's at negative one forty, you have to bet one dollar and forty cents. So for every one dollar and forty cents that you bet, you win a dollar back. So Moxley has uh, better odds to win. Jake Hager is at negative 320 to Dustin Rhodes, 210. The Young Bucks are heavily favored at negative 260 to Omega and Adam Page's one, plus 175. MJF is favored over Cody at negative 180 to Cody's plus 140. And the only other match they have listed is Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander. Nyla Rose at negative 210 to Chris Statlander's plus 160. So your favorites are Nyla Rose, MJF, the Young Bucks, Jake Hager, which is the biggest favorite, and a very slight favorite in John Moxley. So yeah, I, I I'm okay with that. And again, I'm actually glad we disagreed on a few. So I think it worked out.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate you, know, you explaining how. Right? I appreciate you explaining how betting works for those
0: of us that aren't sinners. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, there you go. So, uh, yeah, do you have any closing thoughts? Anything you want to add before we end the show?
1: Yeah, I just want to, like you said, I want to applaud AEW for their booking because anyway this show goes, I'm going to be happy. Yeah, uh, it's you. It, it, you can have Cody win, I'll be happy. You can have MJF win, I'll be happy. You can have uh, Kenny and Adam win. I'll be happy. You can have the Young Bucks win. I I I'll be happy either way. I love AEW. I love the product they're putting on. Uh, yeah, it's they haven't booked themselves in any hole. They're obviously doing great on storytelling. I hope they can keep this up for another couple of years at least with these fantastic storylines
0: because I just I love it. It's great. I agree, and I do want to add that we are still kind of in the honeymoon phase we've had i think 20 weeks is what it's been so i'm hoping that in a year or two we still have good shows because everyone yeah. remembers tna when they started out with aj styles and christopher daniels samoa joe Frankie kazarian and just tons of wonderful wrestlers and then hulk hogan vince russo eric bischoff Daisy, whatever the lady's name was that bought it. I don't remember her name. Dixie it's, Carter? Was it Dixie Carter? Dixie Carter, yeah. Just yeah. that poor company just went down the drain. And so now it's, it's basically a shell of its former self. A lot of people enjoy Impact, and that's fine. Uh, I haven't watched it in years. But I'll tell you, it got real bad real fast. So <laughs> please, AEW, don't do that. We love you so much.
1: Yeah, like I've said from the beginning, I think a lot of people can write a good show for six months. Right, but Even a regular TV show, you get nine, ten seasons in, which is about two years in a wrestling world because you're writing every week. You don't have off seasons. right? You get nine, ten seasons in, the writing gets bad. People get stale. People get, uh, you know, they, they stop caring as much. So I hope they can continue this. They can keep their love for this. Um, they may have to cycle in uh, different people, uh, different writers, because I don't think that... Uh, as much as Tony Khan loves this, and as much as the EVP and the Elite love this, I don't know if they're going to love all this work, all this writing, two, three years down the road. So, I don't know. Hopefully, we they can prove us wrong
0: and uh, keep this going. Hopefully their gigantic paychecks can uh, can make a difference. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 85 of Wrestle Life Radio. We told you about AEW Dynamite. We touched on Super Showdown, and we predicted AEW Revolution. I hope you guys are very excited for this weekend. John Cena is going to be on SmackDown on Friday. We'll talk about that next week. Revolution will be happening on Saturday. We'll have a review show of that as well. Please, uh, please join us and tell your friends. We appreciate you. You can find us on basically anything. You know where to find us. Spotify, Radio Public, Apple, Google Play. You, you, we're, we're everywhere. You can follow us all on WrestleLife Radio on Facebook and Instagram and Wrestle Life Pod on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram at Twitter at Wrestle Life Matt and Kyle on Instagram at Kyle.Pauli. Again, ladies and gentlemen, you have no idea how much we appreciate you. We couldn't do this without you. I hope you all have a wonderful day and enjoy your weekend.
1: And I hope the WWE superstars make it home from Saudi Arabia.
0: (laughs) We all hope.